Welcome to episode 271 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Guys, welcome along to episode two seven one of Iron Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm good. I paused the how you going, haven't you? Yeah, I'm good. Do you know what, John? What? I forgot to mention something a couple of weeks ago. Yes, what? I'm in the presence of a legend. Yes. New Zealand Triathlon Contact. They're a power company in New yeah. Zealand. Well, you won two hundred dollars for free energy. Yeah. Do you use them? Uh, <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> but you will when you get this voucher. Yes. Coach of the Year. That's right. So tell me about it. What happened? I just I was awarded as recognised as the Triathlon New Zealand Coach of the Year. I think for service to sport. That was pretty so, awesome, mate. No, it was good. Um, plenty of coverage, you know. Certainly, uh, a couple of people started twittering it, and then all of a sudden, boom! It's, it's out, out, there, it's out of world. control. <laughs> you're 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 a tweeter, a superstar. That's right. So, no, it was good. I think, but as I said, I think it was recognition for not just maybe coaching but also lots of the other things I sort of do for the sport down here. So you do a lot for the sport down here, mm. mate. You're bloody great. Okay, then I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com um, For uh, the music and taste of your life. Athlinks.com For hanging out with your mates and seeing if you're faster than them. And extreme endurance. To make sure you get faster than your mates without them knowing it. It's your secret right. tool. Uh, and this week's show, we're actually we're a little bit different this week, aren't we? Because we're, we're not in the new studios, are oh, we? I am like, yes, we are. <laughs> this, this is where it's happening. We're in the temporary studios because my house at the moment, we've moved into a house and it's moved, it's really cool. Like, I'm really excited about the place and loving it. But don't have the internet yet. And I've been using my iPhone as a tethering device mm. and it is painful. So I rang up John. I said, I'm coming around to your place. So we're in John's little office here. Yeah. We might hear some better ground noises a bit, of, a bit of Belinda growling did you hear yeah. that in the interview no <laughs> I was like I wonder if Hunter can hear that <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah this week we're in, in temporary studios but in this week's show we've got a bit of news we've got an age group of the week we have an interview with a guy we've had on before Hunter Allen so he's the, the power guru and uh, he does a really good interview around how to use power around hills and that was, mm-hmm. was pretty interesting stuff wasn't it? he's a real nice guy and lastly we've got a few questions and answers at the end okay so first up in news this week well no races last weekend but coming up this weekend well we've got some results from 70.3s but uh, main thing is we've got Ironman Germany uh, it's, it's actually the Frankfurter Sparkase Ironman European right. Championships oh that's right so, sponsors yeah, it is, yeah I think it's not actually called Ironman what's, Germany what's Sparkter uh, I really don't know oh okay Sparkies I'm, I'm it's not probably sure. bank Quite, quite it's a bank. they got money. Yes. <laughs> no one else has in the world but the bank has so <laughs> it's interesting times because um we, we John's look at, doing the computer today. But yeah, I'm, 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 in control. Control. I'm in control. Every font's as big as possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, we look at this as being one of our sort of grand slams. It's kind of on the Ironman calendar, it's number two, isn't it? And it's Yeah, it's, it's the biggest prize money, I think, outside of, of Kona or sort of on par as being one of the biggest. And so we would expect that we'd get an amazing field there. And it's a, the thing is, it's a bloody big field and it's a strong field. But we've really only got a few of the big big hitters there. There's no Macca, you know, Raylert did, uh, Andreas right. Raylert did Rote, um, Crowey's did, did, did Coeur d'Alene. Van Honecker. you know, and uh, they're all sort of spread at different races. So it's still a, it's a big pro field, um, but, uh, and, and very good, but not perhaps 
Not many top tens from Kona last year. And is year. it also like who we were talking to? Who was the guy we were talking to a few weeks ago who had won Germany and it was more important for him to win Germany? Timo Brach. Timo Brach. Yeah. So like, if you look at someone like Brach for the race. German athletes, you know, if you look at Ironman in general, if you want to get your your name out there and PR out there, you've got to win Kona, don't you? Mm. You know, that's key to your career, really. And then you pretty much go your own country. So someone exactly. like Cam Brown. Yeah. New Zealand's so important for him to make sponsorship money. And so I imagine there's a lot of German athletes at this race, but for maybe the overseas athletes, it's mm. not that appeal, maybe? Yeah. So in, in terms of numbers we've got, um, there is 40, no, sorry, oh, yes, 48 entered in the pro men's field. Which is great. Which is a big yeah, field. Yeah, that's great. Um, number one seed is Faris Al Sultan. Uh, now, where did he finish in Kona last year? It was top 10. Well, he certainly got in the top 10 the year we were there. Yeah, maybe he got 11th. He was close last year, wasn't he? I yeah. seem to recall. And then uh, Cameron Brown, who's really looking to pull things together. You know, he's had some injury up and downs. Uh, he had to pull out a challenge Cairns, um, but he did have to have a 70.3 win a couple of weeks ago. Michael Golner, again, a very good athlete. Um, Patrick Vernet. Uh, Jan Raphael is seed number six. You've got Luke McKenzie, Stefan Volkovic, um, guys like Paul Amy. But I think the main man that people are really going to be interested to see uh, how he goes on debut is Michael Raylert. So, you know, really you class him as uh, well, he's the current 70.3 world champion. Um, and Is this his first time, man? Yes, his first oh, one. I didn't realise so, this is his first one. Firstly, he needs to qualify or get points to qualify. He'll. he'll just by finishing, he should end up with enough points, I think, to qualify. Um, so because by finishing, what do you mean? Well, by, he's got quite a few oh, 70.3 okay, course, points. Yep. This will be a high-point scoring race. If he finishes, say, in the top five, you'd think that might be enough to almost yep. get him there. Um, but he hasn't done one before. and, uh, and I imagine there's a lot of pressure on him as well because, you know, him and his brother, you know, and he's been successful. So there's a lot of pressure on him to deliver, really, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he goes... Uh, to be honest, I'm actually probably, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to see how he goes. That's probably the key thing for the race for me. But the women's field is going to be really interesting. There's some really good showdowns here. You've got Caroline Steffen, um, third in Kona last year. Yep. Von Van Vlerken, who's had a, a third in Kona. You've got Joe Lorne. Um, Nicole Leader. Nicole Leader. And you've also got some other girls sort of uh, a little bit on the comeback. You've got Dee Dee Griesbauer and Desiree Ficker. Yep. And also Samantha Warner, which I, I'm going to be intrigued oh, to see true. how she goes. Mm. One name that's on the list there is Lucy Zelnikova. I, I thought she'd retired, but maybe she hasn't. She's making a comeback, John. Is she? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got Helene Bedevart, who did a sub nine a few weeks ago, so I'll be interested to see if she backs up. Tina Dickers, who's been an Ironman winner. you got um, Fernanda Keller in there. So really good, um, strong women's field. And you've got, uh, again, big field. We've got about 25 um, females. So for mm. a female elite field, is, is, is big and a really good spread of countries as well which is great so should be an exciting well what we know about Germany race. is it's, it's a wicked race so it goes oh. through the city and, and the Germans are great at supporting the race so like it's it's one of those kind of iconic races that we can kind of get in behind so that's pretty cool we've also got Ironman or Outlaw Triathlon happening in Nottingham in the UK now and this is one of the you know your non-WTC races we don't really have a pro field to talk about um, but this one does seem to be a strong race doesn't it every it's, year it's a big field um, well, when, I, when I looked at the start list I didn't count them up but it, you know it's not like uh, 5,000 it's not like you've got 100 racing I think it was, yeah. it was hundreds and hundreds what these little races, not little, what these non sort of pro races have got to do, they've got to find their, their little the niche, niche and their yeah, little angle. Yeah. And you go to their websites, and, and for these guys, great website. I should, um, I should pull it up, Bevan, because. Uh, I'm excited about this. It, that, that, that's the thing. Like, you go to the, the WTC websites and challenge websites, some of the other ones, and, um, and 
let me just find it. See, see, my typewriter is better than that one. Can't you see? Everyone complains when they can hear me typing. Listen to that one. <laughs> Jeepers, creepers. It's, you know, you've got your, your map, and they'll often sometimes have a little PDF. Um, yeah, this is sharp, isn't it? This is sharp. But then you've basically got an interactive map on here, and it's really cool. It's, uh, it's not off, it's sort of a googly type looking map. But what you can do, you've got your profile down the bottom, um, and you can sort of scroll your mouse along the profile, oh, and you can see course, exactly right? where cool. on the course the hills come. And so you can sort of prepare yourself for them. So just, it's, it's, I don't, these days, these things aren't a lot of work to do. No, and no, I, the tools are there, aren't they? It's just, it'd be so easy to, to do it for, say, an iPad. Because I was on a, I was doing just a bit of research for an athlete at one of the races he was doing, and I was trying to find the course details, and it had nothing on the, you know, it had, it had, yeah. it had directions where you go. Yeah. It doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't say, is this flat, hilly? Yeah. And, and, and you'd easily this link is really detailed. It's got every street turn you do. Yeah. Turn left at Radcliffe. Yeah, which, which <laughs> they, don't, they don't do that. That's all automated. Yeah. Um, but it can show you exactly where the hill is. So you can then look at it and go, well, Crikey, you know, maybe the, the, each, I've got one big hill each lap here, or the, the, maybe in some races the back half of the course might be really hard, so it really helps you with the planning. So that's what these little races, um, these non-pro races, so, yeah. you've, got, you've got to do it. Also got Ford Ironman Lake Placid. No fields are out yet, so uh, we don't really know what's happening, but last year Ben Hoffman celebrated his first win, and uh, Amy Marsh did win as well. She had, she had several wins last year, and yeah, they have got they have got the full list of athletes on the race, alphabetically ordered. But John doesn't like that, do you, John? I don't like it. Don't do that. So Sort it out. How hard is it to go pros first, and then the, the, the images? Now, it could be really interesting. I just had an email through this morning from an athlete that I coach who's, who's doing it, who said there's a bit of a heat wave coming through. Oh, really? So sometimes in Placid, you can get some horrific weather. Wow. You know, It's a bit like Ironman New Zealand, um, where sometimes it can just bucket down with rain it was like China remember China yeah, yeah a couple of years ago talking to Chris McDonald <laughs> so it was, it was so hot I've probably talked about this in the past but he was saying how it was so hot and he was walking because he was dying mm. and he was hiding behind he was trying to go in anything mm. so people couldn't see him yeah so <laughs> it's going to could potentially be a hot day and and really, the advice on, on hot days is you do need to just moderate your efforts a little bit. You need to look at your electrolyte intake. Obviously, yeah, your fluid need, fluid. fluids need to go in, but you need the electrolytes as well. You've got to be careful of or having too much water. Or those kind of things. And, you know, the swim tactics obviously don't change much. Bike tactics shouldn't really change ridiculously other than your fueling. You need to be a little bit more careful on maybe some of the climbing. Um, but the run, you do need to just moderate things. If you overheat on the run, you're, in, you're going to get into all sorts of bother. So like walking the, the climbs, it will just help you um, just keep things a little bit more chilled out. But, um, yeah, hydration and your electrolytes and sodium intake is, is, is important. Yeah, there's John's tips for the people at Lake Placid. Okay, it's coming out this weekend. We've got, oh, now you're doing my trick, are you? What? Oh, you, well, I was reading the notes and you just pulled oh, okay. away from me. No, no, it's okay because I've got a good memory. Uh, Vineman 7.3 came on last weekend and that's uh, one of the big races in America and Andy Potts came from behind in the run and managed he to did. take it out. He had a really good run. And a uh, new course record. Yeah. So And Chris Seattle took out the bicycle course record as well for 203. That's very solid because it's not a flat course. No, it's smoking, it's isn't it? Very solid. So apparently uh, Paul, I mean, uh, Leota got off the bike with Paul Matthews not far behind him. Then Matthews took over and then Potts came in front and then Matthews chased him down. Look, look it could be a bit of a sprint finish but then Potts just pulled away at the end John and Potts Andy Potts has not um, to my memory raced uh, an Ironman this year um, so oh, I wonder good. if he's not going to Kona maybe just focusing on Olympics and 70 point not Olympics Olympic distance and 70.3s um, really which is interesting isn't it that's a, like for someone of his kind of you know level it's interesting that you know he's not doing uh, ITU anymore he's not doing Ironman he's sitting in the in-between world which you don't actually see a lot of do you 
Well, you, you don't, and it hasn't, up until the last year or two, it hasn't necessarily been that easy, but there's so many races now that you can you can make a good living. And, you know, Kona is not everybody's big thing, you yeah. know, uh, and he's had some good races in Kona, but you've got to think, for him for, for to prepare for Kona, that's going to wipe him out for, you know, maybe a good six weeks of training where you've really got to focus on the event. Yes, if he won the race, he'd be an absolute legend, but if he finished, say, you know, 8th, ninth, 10th, yes there's a bit of prize money there, but at the same time he could probably go and do a couple of 70.3s also wouldn't be as smoked and then carry on racing and financially be in probably in a, in a better place Well I think that it's, it's, it's that whole you know like if you look at New Zealand sport with rugby you've got, you've got the All Blacks and you know like for New Zealand rugby players the All Blacks, anyone in New Zealand you know for those overseas, the All Blacks are the iconic kind of brand and, and if you're a rugby player growing up in New Zealand your dream is to become an All Black but a lot of rugby players get to that point where they're maybe not quite good enough, so they go overseas and they mm. earn the money overseas. And and Andy Potts probably could be good enough to be a Kona champ, yes. you know, you know, like he's yep. of that level. And but there does come that question of, no, like, we don't know if he's giving up from Kona. Like we're just yeah. making speculation around this. But it is that whole: do you chase the dream or do you make money? Mm. And, and it's that whole. And like I'm not sure what Potts is doing, but I think we'll find over the next few years now that 70.3 is. So much more easy to make money from, and you know you got the fifty point five one series yep, as well, yep. and so you can do some Olympic racing, you can do some seven point three. You could probably make a pretty good living, and, but you do give up on that dream, don't you? Yeah, but you, uh, with uh, with the All Blacks, you you sort of give up on it because you go away. He might just be having a you go. I'm just going to have a year out from Kona, mm. and then I'll go back the next year and do it. Yeah, it's not like, like we're not. You know, we're just and looking at the scenario here. We're not yeah. saying pots is out, but but I think people do get into that. That state where they've got to do the same thing every year, you know, yeah. Ironman New Zealand, people think, well, I've just got to do it every year, I've got to enter and just yeah. do it every year, whereas he's been going, you know, there's, there's other things I might do, and I'll go do it, have a non-season of Kona, freshen up a little bit, maybe go back and drill it. But he may be doing an Ironman somewhere, he may yeah, be doing Yeah, and we're totally... <laughs> we're not, we're, but it's and, a, yeah, Andy's actually quit Ironman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Andy Potts took it out, Paul Matthews in second, Joe Gamble's third, Graham O'Grady And fourth. then the girl side of things... Domination of the dojo by Melissa uh, was it Robinson? Melissa Rob- Robinson, Ro- Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, I've really heard of her before. She dominated Belinda Cave by over six minutes. And Miranda Carfrey. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting on two fronts. Firstly, she dominated them, which is fantastic. Miranda Carfrey last year in the year four, she won it. You'd, no, yeah, but you'd basically say any race, any seventy point three race she'd go into, you'd go in there with pretty high confidence. She, mm. She's just going to smoke them, no matter what position she, she is off the bike. She'll not be taken by eight minutes. No, not at all. So she's not really having a stellar season so far. Um, so yeah, because New Zealand did that well for her. Yeah, but that was a bit different. She got yeah. she got punches and what yeah. have you. But she, seventy point three circuit, she hasn't been dominating. She has some really good races and. Um, but you would normally expect her to do a lot better. So Interesting times. Good to see Julie Grant, New Zealand 10th place. I've got to say, on the men's side of things, there was only um, eight minutes covering first to 10th, which for a half Ironman is uh, very close. Well, racing. look at the field, but you've got Matt Liotta, you've got Matty mm. Reid, you've got Chris Liotta, you've got, you know, oh, the game, Graham O'Grady, Joe Gamble, you've got a pretty strong field there. Oh, what are you pulling up here, John? Uh, so now we're just, uh, we're just so, doing a couple of 70.3 uh, results this okay, week. Okay, Paul Ambrose took out. Which race is so this? We're doing the uh, racing 70.3, a new 70.3 race. Apparently the roads were incredibly rough um, from but, an athlete. And, and the big news from this one was really that Crowe came in at eighth and apparently yes. blew up in the run. Yes, so he only ran away. Which is unlike Crowe, isn't it? Like, it's when's the last time he had a... Same as Marinda Carfrey. He was, he's Mr. Consistency. Yeah, yeah. Like, when's the last time you can think that Crowe pulled off an eighth? Yes, yeah, it's well, I can't even think of one. No, I can't. You know, like there's been the old time where he's been injured and he hasn't gone to races, but yeah, but then maybe he's come back from injury and 
So Paul Ambrose took that race out um, from Tim Tim Burkle on the female side of things. Chrissy Sim. Chrissy Sim from Kristen Andrews and Michelle Wu. Okay. Uh, what else are we talking about? John, get me back to my notes. Get me back to coming. Oh, John's ITU update. This is Hamburg World Cup Series. Championship Series. Championship Series. And Macca, he made the pack, John. After I said he was never going to make the pack. He never made the pack. And what do I say, John? What do I say? Give him a chance. Give him a chance, John. Give him a chance. So I I didn't watch from start to finish. I basically uh, was on fast-forward mode, sort of catching the... Was your commitment to the sport? A busy person. I had had a race on Sunday that I was organising. Oh, okay, fair enough. And so it was a bit of a late night. How'd the race go? It was good. We'll talk about it later. Uh, my race yeah. was a handicap race. I'll tell you a funny story about your, your mate who does them as well. Oh, good. Daryl. Daryl, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Forgot his bike shoes. Yeah, yeah. He said, <laughs> he said, he's so like me, but hey, just, <laughs> it comes from my influence. So, World Championship Series, Hamburg, it's always a huge race in terms of spectators. We didn't have a lot of the real big hitters, well, not a lot, a number of the big hitters that weren't the there. The top, top tier. Such as Brown, the two Brownleys weren't yeah, there. Gomez. Gomez was there, but he, he didn't have a very good race. Um, but the depth was not quite there as well. You know, like guys like Bevan Doherty weren't there. So, there's always a strong field, um, but... Uh, you know they only had how many finishes did they have 50 50 um, so anyway the way the race panned out was uh, coming out of the swim there was one guy way off the front and then there was a, a first group of I don't know 15 maybe 20 something like that yep. and then there was a second group of I don't know, the rest of them basically yep. and um, Macca made that group he had a, a good swim he swam about 1730 wasn't it s- 1757. Okay. Um, most of the, the guys in the front group were swimming about 1720 to 1730, so yeah. he's about 30 seconds off. And then he basically pulled the second group up to the, oh, to the front group. He was just sitting on the front, just drilling it, and, uh, and not many people would seem to be coming through from the coverage that I saw. Um, and he basically pulled them up, and then they rode the rest of the, the ride together. But he was doing an awful lot of work at the front. He was always very, very close to the front, even really? once they caught up. Wow. So did a lot of work on, on the bike. Which is uh, interesting, once he caught up, you thought that he would have saved. Yeah, and he, he did try a couple of sort of little attacks, and a few people tried attacks that didn't really um, didn't really come off. How often, not, I don't watch much ITU, how often do they get away? Um, little attacks. The attacks don't tend to get away so much, it's more if it's broken from out of the swim, you know, okay, if it yeah, breaks so they'll be up, aggressive, yeah. boom, they're, yep. they, they're away, and if so they So realistically, if you're an experienced athlete and you're in a big pick, you're not going to try to attack. Not, not generally. You might get a li- you li- something like Bevan Doherty won in Sydney um, last year by attacking, getting like a little thirty-second buffer. And that was enough. Mm. Yeah. But if uh, generally, if they're a no-name who is not going to say win the race, yep. the, the, they, they yeah. may let them go, but because they know they'll just smoke them on yeah. the run. So yeah, on a flat course as well, it generally comes down to a bunch of it. But having said that, they did look like they were drilling the bike the whole oh, way really? around. Wow. Um, but everybody managed to hang on. So coming off the bike, and then it basically just became a, a running race. Um, Brad Carterfelt took it out in a sprint. It's a very impressive running from him, um, from William Clark and David House. It was very, very, very close. But it's a bit of a surprise to see old Gomez only down in sixth place. Um, but Macca had a good steady run, but he did have to deal with a penalty. Um, he got a penalty coming off the bike, which is generally for either not racking your bike, not putting your bike helmet in the box, or not putting your gear away tidily. So he had to incur a 15 second penalty on the run. Um, mm. I think he took that after either, I think, before his last lap. So he finished in 26th place. So middle of the field. So. <laughs> Big scheme of things, getting to the Olympics is what this is all about. Um, 
step in the right direction, still yes. far off? Well, he's not that far off um, because really he, in this race here he was uh, third Aussie. Um, there is one other Aussie, uh, Courtney Atkinson, who wasn't racing, who would uh, nine, and, nine and a half or nine and three quarters out of ten times would beat would beat Macca. He'd usually be in the top sort of five, top ten, oh, really? if, if sometimes winning the race. Yep. So you got to say, you know, Brad Carterfelt's basically in, Courtney Atkinson's in the third spot, would, is, is, is the debatable Brendan one at the Sexton. moment? Brendan Sexton. He was finished about a minute in front of Macca, um, but he didn't have his uh, didn't have a great run. But he is a fragile swimmer as well. So I'd say the, the door is certainly not closed, and he's getting getting closer. Do, do, we, know, do we know much about how the Australians do the qualifiers? It's just yeah, a pick, isn't it's it? Just a pick. So, so he's going to have to start beating Sexton, Sexton, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to have to have a very good race in London, and he's and London's the key, is it? Pretty much. Yeah. That, but, Pretty much all countries, London is basically selection race. Okay. Uh, or or going to have a very strong influence. It's in three weeks' time. Oh, wow. So he's going to have to pull off a blinder in three weeks. Yeah. Um, so but, saying, hey, he's going in the right direction. I was saying to Bevan, um, I think part of the reason why he, he had a, a better swim there was, uh, firstly, it's a wetsuit swim, um, which which certainly helps. Uh, secondly, it, in Hamburg, it was a reasonably technical swim as far as swims go because you had more boy turnings and you swim under bridges and what have you. And what that means, it's a bit like a bike race. When you come to a turn, everything sort of gets congested. And if you're a little bit off the back, then you can sometimes sort of come up, come up and, and catch up a bit. So I think that would have helped in his favour. Swim course in London, I'm not quite sure what it is. I think it's fairly simple. Um, so, look, he's, he's heading in the right direction. Um, it's all, all going to come down to the swim from him, and the, I think it's a case of having an exceptional run day and for Sexton to not have an exceptional run day. If Sexton runs to his best like the way he was at the start of the season, I don't think Macca stands a chance if they come off the bike together because yep. um, he's right up there with the top guys in the world, but he hasn't really shown that. Uh, he started with a hiss and roar and hasn't sort of shown the same sort of form. So it's since. almost like if Macca has his best day, Sexton has a bit of a bad day, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it comes down to select discretion, which is always a bit tricky. Mm, Girls side of things. Emma Moffat. This is well. This is in. Uh, I oh, don't know if this, is, this has ever happened before. So you basically three Emmas. A trifecta of Emmas. <laughs> the Emma race. And they're all from Australia. The Emma Australia. It was, it was bizarre. Wow. So you had Emma. Mo- it was basically a sprint, more or less a sprint finish. Sort of happened in the last couple hundred meters. Emma Moffat took it from Emma Jackson, who's the under twenty three world champ, and Emma Snowstall. Um, so they're going to be the three Australians at the Olympics. Uh, well, I've, I've still got some other good girls as well, so you, you would expect so. But just bizarre. I mean, firstly, um, Emma Snowsaw, it's the first time um, which she's had real struggles with her swim. Uh, yeah. And she made the swim pack. She was like fourth out of the swim or something, which was, you know, whoa. Well, yeah, yeah. She's been missing the pack, and all of a sudden she's at the front. So amazed. she had an amazing swim. But uh, normally when you she come run. off the bike, yeah. um, I don't think Emma Moffat has ever beaten her coming off the bike with her. So that was... Um, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Um, but it was, it was good racing, and good to see Andrea Hewitt in third, fourth place as well. Good times. Okay, John, what's next up on my list of things? Pull up my list. So I'm normally looking ahead as you're finishing up. That's okay, the problem. So, so there's a system. Oh, Norman Sadler might be having heart surgery. Norman Sadler has had heart surgery. Oh, okay, tell um, me about it. I'm going to read that one. So it, it doesn't really give us a huge amount of detail, but basically we just thought we'd better bring that to everybody's oh, attention. Oh, well, hope he's okay. Hope he, Norman's okay. He's um, He hasn't done a great deal the last couple of years no he's definitely kind of a fading athlete now but he's just God, a, he's a legend in his day yeah he's God the way he re- you know like go back in history you know like because now you know this show's been around long enough now that we kind of start to look at the history of some athletes when we started like I think mm. still one at the year I was in Kona mm-hmm. before yeah that'd be right yeah probably. and uh 
you know the way he, he the way he did the race. He just so smacked the crap out of the bike and so just blitzed the field. And yeah, what a legendary athlete. Another article that John pulled up was um, from try two four seven dot com and by, by guy, John, John Levinson. Levinson, and he's done a great article on, and it shows some of the downfalls of our sport being a non-governing body sport. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically was curious around what created, you know, how many girls have gone sub nine in the history of Ironman distance finishes, and so he's, he's, he kind of says, yeah, do not do this at home, basically, because the amount of time he put into trying to yeah. find this kind of list that he's come up with is very time consuming but he's done a brilliant job and he's basically put down all the 51 results that have gone sub 9 in the female racing over the years and then he's broken it down even further so he's gone down to athletes he's got like the girls Christy's done 8 mm-hmm. Nuba Frazier did 4 Rebecca Keats done 4 as well yeah. Yvonne's done 3 and so on then per year and this one I found really interesting was 91 up until about basically 2008 or 2007, we only had one or two every couple of years. Well, zero, zero, basically zero or one, except yeah. for 2002 when we had yeah. two. And in 2007, we got up to three. But then from the last three or four years, we've had nine. In 2008, we had nine. 2009, we had nine. 2010, a little bit less of five. And then 2011, we've had nine so far already oh, really? this year. I suppose we've done most of the fast courses. Yeah, and that's what the next one is the venues. He's got, there's been 20 at Rote. Uh, Austria's 13, Hawaii's 4, Frankfurt's 3, and so on. So it's just a really it's a really good kind of overview, isn't it? Chrissy is a freak, which we've already known, but eight results. And what we've got to understand, look at it, though, as well, is, um, yeah, as you said, from 2008 onwards, it's not like the course it wrote has changed no. significantly. There might be a little alterations on the bike here and there. But what has happened, this is going to be our hot topic of the week uh, we're going to discuss is what has happened in this last few years that has caused this um, massive change in uh, in the times because yes Chrissy's taken care of a lot of it but there's a lot of other girls now that are going sub nine well what's really fascinating around it is if okay you go back to New- Newby Fraser so uh, if you look at, uh, below 2007 basically where there's only one or two results happening every few years it was around 850 so sub nine still meant you were pretty close to nine mm. whereas since 2008 if you go from there they've gone you know the slowest is 248 but you go right down to 818 mm-hmm. and we've got lots in the low 30s you know like th- it's not just small steps it's been massive jumps forward mm. you know like really and we know Chrissy is amazing and she does have the top five results of all time but she's taken half an hour of well, 32 minutes of newbie Fraser's record it's crazy and, and yeah like mm-hmm. it it is it isn't we'll, we'll make that discussion of our week yeah. when you do something like that for I think he's working on the sub eight for boys that's not, gonna, that's not gonna be a very extensive list no you're basically going to have... Let's see, let's see how I go here. You're going to have Macca. You're going to have uh, the German dudes. You're going to have Zach, Hal Regal. Vino. And um, oh, Lothar Lido. I'm picking to be probably about 12. About oh, 12. You got 12. 12 to 15. I'm going to be 20. Okay. Well, wait, wait, do your homework. What's his name? Stephen? <laughs> Levitz or something? John Levinson. John Levinson. He's got a great first name. John. John is a great name. Great first name. Original so. too. Never if, heard it before. If you want to check it out, go to try247.com. It's a really good piece, so check that out. And uh, do you want to do sponsor or do you want to do discussion sponsor. of the week? Sponsor. Okay, we're going to grind up some coffee, John. Oh, look at that. It's so far out of nowhere. Know Which grind is best for you? Whole bean, best for the use in coffee machines with automatic grinders or for those who prefer freshly ground coffee. Mm-hmm. Coarse grind, best for the French press. Regular grind, best for oh, per- percolators. percolators and vacuum brewers. 
uh, drip grind, best for electric drip coffee makers and paper filters, and espresso grind, best for espresso. 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 People get angry with that. Sorry, I'm not not a connoisseur. Uh, Best for manual espresso machines. There you go. So... Good thing about coffees why down that's got down in the bottom left corner of their page if you if you're ever wondering what sort of grind you want to get now you know well that's the thing you know like because you could buy you know you could buy some whole beans and then you've got a french press and you're oh no what do i do exactly <laughs> don't have the grind you're gonna have to go spend some money on your grinding exactly that money is better spent on buying the coffee john there you guys so on the coffees why site now i've got the um what sort of grind if you want some help with sort of different flavors i've also got some links up there in terms of what you're sort of looking for, what sort of blend you're looking for. So just remember to use your codes, I am talk, or just go through um, our website and click on the Coffees of Hawaii logo, and that's got all your different codes you can use. Put them in, you get yourself a nice discount. And, and if, hey, like if you want to get a French press, they've actually got a French press on there as well, that's so right. you can get that. So it goes in your cups. Cups. You'd be like the ultimate fanboy, get that cap that Porno's got that's really cool. Yes. yes. T shirts, yes. music. Honestly, that'd be one stop shop. <laughs> Your whole life from yeah, coffees of Hawaii. Sell some bikes and some wetsuits, Albert, yeah, yeah, and you'll basically you'll be away. Put a logo on. Just, yeah. I've actually got a cunning plan, John. Yes. Actually, I'll talk to you in the break yes. and then maybe we'll announce it afterwards. Okay. So, coffeeshawaii.com. Okay, check, check, check it out. Okay, John, where are we going next? We're going to the discussion of the week. And last week we had a discussion based on the question of. Um, let me have a go after years of developing yourself as an athlete you find yourself getting to Kona or that you feel that you can get to Kona during the race a big pack of riders who are drafting rides past you and you know that if you let them go there's a high chance that you won't get your Kona slot what do you do in this situation it's a pretty tough question isn't it, it is. and we've got lots of discussions around this and do you want to start off John Albert says sprint hey coffees of white sprint everywhere Sprint to the front um, of them and pee on the next downhill. John Newsom style. Okay, Jeremy Hopwood, a well-paced hard effort followed by empty bottle at second wheel in the pack. That should do the job. How tow. Everyone wants to pee on everyone. <laughs> there are a number of athletes I can name who are cheating effers um, that do this. When you ride 4.30 pace and you get a bunch of Klingons, including pro women. Oh, you know what? I have seen that a little bit in racing myself. Robert uh, Hutch. Um, I would find a French TV car. There you go. Good <laughs> idea. Stephen Lord, should read that because it kind of came from yes. Stephen. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Lord, I know um, what I've done. I shout draft cheaters at them. If they have their name on them, I, I may name them individually as I did at Ironman New Zealand when oh, wow. I caught a guy sitting on my wheel uh, who went by. Oh, uh, <laughs> put that one. Bevan hit the expand button. Um, he sat on my wheel um, in front of the the wheel. Uh, let's, I did Ironman New Zealand when I caught a guy sitting on my wheel who then went by and sat on the wheel of the guy in front of me. Uh, he wouldn't have been. Cl- he wouldn't have been closer if he'd been. A two-up TT, I was yep. basically straight on his wheel. I then let them go and rode my own race. I feel there should be some naming and shaming done. So what are you sort of, you can't bother going on? It's a big bloody <laughs> post there. If you want to read it, you go to our Facebook page. Well, Neil Seffer says, I read Stephen's race report, and whilst I agree totally, I'd get on the back and sit in. If everyone is cheating and the nationals aren't um, coordinating this behaviour, then the rules have been modified. Go. Mm. Uh, Juan Carlos, sit legal behind the group and avoid getting blocked. If pace is too hot, then let them let them go. Get angry, better still get really angry oh. and mow them up on the run one by one. Tony Searing, oh, oh, Tony Searing, uh, you're loving what I'm doing. Yeah, it's a payback for all these years. Let them go. It's about personal achievement. If you cheat, you can never look, you can always look in the mirror and say, I did it. There you go. Or if you don't cheat. Uh, Thomas Peoples draft. Thomas Peoples in here from an Draft. Join them at least for one penalty point um, for age groupers. 
Uh, it usually it's usually served in the tent and not by the roadside, so it gives a good opportunity to stretch, get heart rate back down, take on some nutrition, change your socks, tie up your shoes properly, etc., etc. Once caught, though, make sure that you're at least 13 metres back for fear of a DQ. Roland uh, Chutler. Uh, where is he? I pulled him up myself and I've lost him. Uh, roll on, roll on, roll on. Oh, yep. Uh, go and do a real race, one with 150 entrants or six massive coals. If you want to draft, go and do a bike race. Uh, Stephen Lord, part two. Oh. I've been in plenty of pace lines. This question was about the pack of riders. I, um, I interpreted this not as a pace line, as I think most people have in this discussion. Um, when I've been in a pace line, it's certain I've certainly felt no obligation to go to the front to take my turn. Um, it's not an organised group ride, it's a race. I'd only go to the front if the pace was below what I wanted. I'm going to finish off with Bevan, Bevan Collis because he's got a pretty big one, but it's a great name. The whole premise of the question is pretty annoying and shows an oversimplification of drafting and triathlon. You guys are peasants, that's what he's calling us. Too many Wayne to believe that uh, pace line equals drafting but anyone who does the sport knows that you can still get a considerable wind break and pacing effort at 7 to 10 metres even 12 metres back from the front wheel so within that pace line there may be people pushing the limits too much and they can be busted but how can you label the whole pace line drafters what's annoying what annoys me more than someone occasionally going to five metres is people who sit in pace lines and don't take the lead when it's their turn. They are the ones I hate seeing going to Kona. Mm. I, I echo Bevan's comments. Um, John, so No, Bevan, so right, I'm going to get my paintbrush out. I'm going to paint a picture here for you. Okay, wait a second. I'll just close my eyes. Okay, okay so where are we? You've been, uh, well, you say, let's, let's. Where are we in the wheel, John? Give me locations. You're at, Cor- you're at Ironman Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Going up a hill? No, because uh, there'll be draft pack. Going down the hill, coming down you, the flat section. You can be wherever you want to okay. be on the bike. You've been okay. training for. What's it like in Coeur d'Alene? Is it hot? It's, it's, Was it heat waves? No, it's not heat waves, but uh-huh. it's, it's, it's nice and warm. Okay. You're, you're in a singlet and, uh, singlet? and, and shorts. Okay. Uh, so you're riding along. You've been training for five on years. Rolf Primers? You're on your Rolf Primers. Um, you'd be going faster if you're on your Avanti yeah. Chrono. Uh. Um, you've got your Mizuno's sort of set ready to go for your run. <laughs> and And you've, you've had a great swim in your blue set. Your <laughs> blue set, I love them. And so you've been training for five years. You've never qualified. You've been getting sort of closer and closer. You're moving up. Last year, I was, I was one slot off. You are one slot off last yeah. year. And you've you've, you've, you've taken uh, one day off a week for this uh, for one four day? months. To haven't do, seen my children. To do an extra yeah. bit of training. You're going along. You're riding here. You had a great swim. You're in the zone. Surprised myself. Pulled off a PB in a swim. Yep, sensational. And you're on the bike, and then all of a sudden, a big pack of say 20 guys comes up. There's not a pace line. Um, there's guys riding side by side, and there's say probably five guys in there that you know are crappy swimmers, but they're not too bad runners. You're there, your main competition. And they come past you. What do you do? I think it's. I think the the sad thing is. Is that it's a yes or no answer, Bevan? No, no, I'm being a politician here. What I'm doing is I don't understand your question, but how I take it is no. I think the sad thing is is that our sport isn't putting us in this position because the way the way the system is done now is that they're deciding to create fields that are so big. So we have fields up to two thousand athletes in a field. Hmm. Now it's pretty impossible in some age groups. Like maybe if you're going in the thirty to thirty-five or twenty-five, to, you know, you're going to have to be a pretty decent dude to get. You know, you're going to be have to be sub nine and a half nowadays to get a kind of slot in most of those races. So, 
you tend not to get packs of 20 plus in your buy when you're that level on mm-hmm. the bike. So, you know, but maybe if you're 35 to 40 to 45, 50, yeah. you're in that now closer to 10 hour range where you're going to get big packs of riders going past you. Now, I think it's it's, it's a real problem, for, it's a general problem for the sporters overall because when you're getting to that kind of 10 hour mark, there's so many cyclists on the road mm-hmm. that it's kind of impossible for there not to be some level of drafting. So then, are you a bad person because you choose to go with an opportunity that will move you towards a goal that's really important to you or are you an idiot because you be moral mm-hmm. and lose out an opportunity because the field the race has actually set up a situation where it's kind of hard not to cheat mm-hmm. and so I kind of I, I, I really struggle with it because I think well if I had committed that much of my time and energy to it and I saw that there was blatant cheating and that was going to sacrifice my dream that I worked really hard for and I was conditioned for who knows what I do in that situation? I'd like to think ultimately I'd say no, mm. or, or that at least just try to sit seven, seven meters back from the pack and work my ass off to stay with that, which you probably could do. Um, but I, I think that the problem is more the sport is making us is creating a dilemma for us, and and what's a better way that the sport can deal with this? Like, do we have more like rope? We have split starts, yeah, or something like you know, and have more less looped courses and stuff like that. Like, for me. It's, it's just a really tough question. So, but what would you do? I think I'd try to sit on the back of the pack by about seven metres. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- I, I think that what some... And I think Bevan's made a good point here. And a number of people, Bevan oh, Collis, was, oh, yeah, oh, thanks, has yeah. made some good points on here. I thought, finally, five years. No, you're not, never going to get any better. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, the issue is, in, in races like Ironman New Zealand, when we've been racing, um, we've got there's a pace line. Yeah, yeah totally. It's and uh, and what happens you know, now now that things are getting more and more competitive is that pace line is is turning into more and more of a bunch. Maybe not at Ironman New Zealand, but at a, at a lot of races, that pace line is turning. Well, Ironman New Zealand only has about thirteen, fifteen hundred, but you're getting two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of so hard what happens in the, in that pace line for guys that are maybe middle to back of the packers that don't sort of understand it is you're in a pace line, it's going pretty well. Yes, everybody's pushing the, the boundaries of the law a bit, and, and, and every Ironman I've done, I'd, I'd say I've, I've definitely you're a been, cheat, John. I'm a cheat bastard, <laughs> but I would definitely say I've almost always been in a draft zone um, f- at times. You know, you're in a pace line, and the, the, the line, the line and, slows yeah. up. You freewheel it, you freewheel, and you still roll into that draft. What zone. I hate about that, but is your energy goes into not being, in, you know what I mean? You're, you're mm. actually not focusing on your race, you're focusing on not drafting. Mm. Mm. So I think that's, Bevan rightly pointed out, this is Thanks. a problem. The, 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 the fields are getting so competitive, those pace lines start happening, which is great, and I think, every, not everybody, most people have good intentions in the pace line, but then all of a sudden, you know, you get somebody riding in front of you, comes in and takes your place in the line, you drop back, and all of a sudden it just starts to become very, very messy, and that's when the bunch is starting to appear. I've, I've never been in a situation where it's been a legit bunch. I have in short course, but not in, in Ironman. Um, I think my last time I did Ironman New bunch. Zealand, there was, there was a bit of a pace line, but there were a couple of people who were definitely just drafting in it, mm. like stuck in the wheel. Yeah. And that, I got really angry with that situation. Yeah. But it's... um. Yeah, it's a tough one. I just think that it's it's a real tough situation. It's kind of a, a bit of a Sophie's choice, really, isn't it? Because it's kind of like it's not that like if if it was only a, a five hundred people in a race, I don't think you'd have, it wouldn't be an issue. Well, if you've still got five hundred strong people in a race, no, but like if it's a race where there's, the field's enough spread out mm. that you know you can pretty much have your own race, or you know, and there might be people who are close enough together. I just I think it's it's a dilemma of the sport, and mm. the problem is it makes us feel like bad people because mm. we get 
presented with these situations. Mm. You know, you put five years, you know, maybe I would cheat, you know, you put five years and, and a lot of money and time commitment and you know you're close and you see, you know, you maybe have done your research on athletes uh, yeah. on the field and you know that these guys passing you are the ones who are going to be potentially your, you know, and they're doing it easier. They're mm. doing it a lot easier than you are and so that means they're going to have a, potentially a better run than you. Yeah. So, I don't know, I don't have... The, I, I, what, what I would do in my situation is um, I would take a piece of Stephen Lord's advice and I would definitely be going up to people if they were just blatantly drafting and I would be giving them a piece of my mind yep. and my language would not be particularly you wouldn't be, pleasant. You wouldn't be in yeah. words? You know, if people are sitting five metres when they're supposed to be sitting seven metres, I can sort of maybe... Yep let that go a little bit if somebody's sitting on somebody's wheel I'm going to go and let them know about yeah. it um, you pee if, on them if, if a pack, I would pee on them as well <laughs> That's the older, but, don't ride in front of them just pull it out and go yeah. <laughs> if, if, a, if a pack comes up to me you know say the time when we did Ironman New Zealand we both had shocking races yeah. after I did Challenge Wanaka um, you know if you guys ride past me I'm not going to go right you guys are roughly my ability maybe a little bit stronger than me I'm not going oh I'll just let you go I'm going to yeah. sit on the back of that pack I'm going to sit bang on that that draft zone or you what know, about, what about the whole the, the athlete who doesn't do their bit you know like how do you feel about that um i my personal opinion is i think you should if you're in a pace line and if it's say like a controlled pace line say five to six athletes yep. I, I really feel you should go and do your bit um up the front <laughs> well, that's so just i was doing a race years opinion. ago it was, it was a cycle race cycle racing's different no because there was, there was what happened was we were we got it was like the race just years mm. ago and we got away and there's, there's we were like the second pack but there's only like six of us and so no there's only five of us and four of us were just doing the work and this other guy's just sitting mm. at the back the whole yeah, time yeah, and I was getting on it and we were going come on mate pull through and he just sat back and he goes no no I'm, I'm saving my race he literally said that to us yeah. and so what I did is I when he was I was in front of him and so I was like the fourth rider back and I let the pack get away yeah that's what you got to do and then because I knew I was a pretty strong sprinter and I just turned him and said well, I kind of said not nice words John and I just rode off into the pack and left him in no yeah. man's land and, and that's what you got if, if I'm doing I've done him done that many drafting um, races but I certainly if people are not doing their work I tell them yeah, where they should be going time and a place you can get away with it but if there's yeah. only five or six years pull yeah. your end guys yeah so anyway um so we kind of both on the fence on that. Yeah, nobody's. There's not really many people that have admitted to blatant drafting on there, um, and I don't think I would. Um, the, you know, the problem for me at the end of my army career was that we were so well known, <laughs> you couldn't do it anyway. Totally. Yeah, kind of, we get on the show and say, "No, nah, yeah, no, I'd never do it." <laughs> if an opportunity presented. Uh, so this week's discussion, we've got you know, like um, we talked about the sub nine girls, you know. In the last three years, or the last four years, there just seems to be a massive increase in the girls' speed, and also the boys. Now, there's getting a lot more guys getting sub eight, and you can, you can almost take Chrissy out of the equation because yes, she's just drilling everybody. So maybe take Chrissy as, a, as even a, then, even then, yeah, even then. Um, and then if we go with the boys, you know, we've had two of the records broken in the last two weeks or last three or four weeks. With you know, a lot more guys going sub eight now. It seems to be, and when we first started the show, we used to always talk about why isn't the speed going down, didn't we? Mm. We used to always say, well, okay, why isn't Ironman speed, you know, why are Mark Allen and Dave Scott still got records and stuff? And I know in Kona that's still the case, but, you know, why is it that suddenly in the last two or three years or four or five years, we've really started to see a shift in the speed coming down, which is a good thing, but mm. what do you think is creating that? Mm-hmm. Good times. Now, John, that's 40, 42 minutes. minutes. Plus we've got a 30-minute interview. We'll Let's get... do it. We'll do age grouper. Okay. Okay. Music or not? Oh, yeah, put some music on. Age Group of the Week. And uh, this week in Age Group of the Week, we've got John the Mountain Snail Hancock. Actually, he's in three. He did a race last weekend. The Mount Cook. Captain Cook. Captain Cook's Landing. Yep. Yep, up in the uh, the Sounds, Marlborough Sounds. He's going to be seeing the Mountain Snail pretty soon, John. Do you know why? 
you're going to be taking him. He's going to take you down. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> and, uh, and we're both doing the Abel which is an iconic, beautiful race. So he's sending through an email just saying, have you, have you guys ever had Full Moray? Moreau. Moreau as uh, age group of the week. He met him at John's winter training camp a few weeks ago. And uh, he's just saying... Uh, I justify being rather average at Ironman because of work and family and the challenges of juggling the three. John puts us in... Phil puts us Oh, sorry, Phil. Just because you always you always impress me. You're the coach of the year, mate. Look at this. $200 of free power. Yes. Can you give it to someone else? That's non-transferable. Because oh, I need some power. <laughs> um, Phil puts in all, us all in the shade. He is a distinguished surgeon at Starship Children's Hospital in Auckland, happily married with four amazingly successful-sounding children, athletic children, and completely smoked John and the rest of the group in the winter training camp. He was second in the 50-54 to 54 age group at Ironman New Zealand this year in a cool 9.45, very consistent too, 54-minute swim, 5.06 bike, and 3.30 uh, for a run and he's a nice guy inspiring stuff for those of us who are consistently juggling work home and sport balls not yes, 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 yes not like rugby yes, balls yeah. yes uh, so John your thoughts yes uh, apparently Scott Richdale who was also on the camp did outride Phil and we need to make a point of that oh really uh, and I man New Zealand his bike split was a little bit quicker did he um, beat him in the run but Yes, because you know what you can get, you can get splits but yeah. then day it's the end result I think for those guys though it's the, the bike frame does, does matter. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> but Phil basically came down the camp and drilled us all and basically got on the front and... And he's 50-54. Time trialled it and just killed it. Really? And just killed us all. Just dropped me on multiple occasions and... I love people like this because I'm always fascinated. Like one of the things I'm, I'm fascinated in life is what what is a successful person? You know, you always look at the athlete who's the the, the sports star who was just an amazing sports star, and then once their sport goes, they just mm. you know everything in their life demolishes, and you know they get divorced and lose all their money and all the rest of it. And and I always think of the guys like Peter Snell, who was New Zealand's pretty much top runner of all time, really. Eh? Yeah. Yep. And um and this guy who was you know hugely successful athlete then became on to become a university scholar and you know and I kind of look at people like that you know that someone like Phil is from the outside seems as though he's figured out what creates a successful life and he can transfer that into being a parent, being an athlete, being a business or being a surgeon. Mm-hmm. And, and to me that's you know that's kind of should be your journey and it sounds like Phil is doing a pretty great job of it. He is. So he's, pretty high uh, level in all off, areas. Off to Kona this year. Wow. Well we have to meet you up in Phil and Phil yes, and Kona. Yes and uh, yeah very strong on the bike and uh, and with a busy schedule with, with kids and with um a wife and with a and a wife know, a, kids and wife <laughs> and and, uh, and and a surgeon and mate surgeon, surgeon. That, you, you can't turn up so, tied to that job can no. you so very impressive I wonder if surgeons just dial it in you reckon they must eventually eh Actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, just dialed in stuff. But he's, he does a lot of the children's stuff, and it's um, Such quite, a, quite it's cool. intricate stuff by the sounds smaller. of it. So Phil Moreau. Your uh, uh, age group of the week. week. Sponsor John. Next up, Athlinks. Stats at the top. Right. So Athlinks, I thought we'd better John, update you're well with prepared, the stats. Right? I'm loving this. They have now 173,000 members. So that's, wow. that's not results on their part. That's people that are signed. Well, if you want to go so. results, John, they've got 76. Million results and over two million and over two hundred thousand races um, listed on there. So please, if you're not already a member, go on there and uh, archive all your results, past, present, historical. Just get them all logged up there. 
set up your rivals and if you're on there at the moment they've got this Athletics Links members get a 10% discount on any CE Pre, CE Pre or SEP socks um, which is their compression socks worn Andy by Potts Andy Potts the Vineman 70.3 hey, champion they must work John they must work look at those arms <laughs> So there's a link on there for I've you. I've seen him and Kona. I'm going to do a bicep challenge against them. But we, we, we've, we've already said he's not going to Kona. Oh, that's right. He's, he's, he's retired, isn't he? Yeah. yeah that's uh, a joke, team. That's <laughs> a joke. Because one time we said something about Chris McDonald, didn't we? And yeah. we got... Yeah, people... Yeah, just... Sometimes we joke. Okay? Yeah. Um, so if you want to get a good pair of, a really good pair of socks, go to here. That's for the American listeners. If you're outside of America, then um, in New Zealand, you go to dcmsport.com and he sells the CEP socks here as well. Um, that's the thing about our things. So always just go on and check out what the specials they have because they always have like... you know, they seem stuff. To, yeah, they seem to have great affiliates, don't they? Mm. So you can check that out. Go to athlinks.com. Again, it's the place where you, you put all your kind of results, you, you know, what you've done over the years and, and it's one of those things that just to keep on top of when you do a race, just go in there every time, put it in there and right now you may not kind of get the value in it but five years down the piece when you look back at all your results you have to go oh I was a legend I was yes okay. do you ever pull that off John you know when you're out training I find myself doing a little split and I have to get over it I was at, like I was riding uphill my new house John I've got to ride yes. this bloody horrible hill yes it's, 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 it's the only downfall of my, new, my new house is amazing but yes. the hill was a bit of a pain in the butt but I was riding up there last night and I just plod up there yeah. and this young dude fly past me He's been doing hill whips because the storm come down. Yeah, and, yeah. And I was thinking, oh, back in the day, I would have blitzed you. <laughs> back in the day. And I'm thinking, I'm 33. I can't be saying that now. Uh, so 33. You're 34, aren't you? No, I'm 33. Uh, you're a young buck, eh? Oh, yeah, I'm just a young buck. Oh, we've got Ironman Placid coming up. A couple of athletes racing Ironman Placid this weekend that are on athletes. Uh, let's start, oh, wait, no, because someone's going to race 27,000. Let's give this guy some love. Michael Gorotsky. Uh, get into the start, get to the finish, and race 27,000 for pediatric cancer research along the way. Iron Man Dads, IronDads.net. Check, check, check it out. Who else is written on here? Uh, Dave uh, Redskin. Oh, that's uh, the guy from the show. We talked uh, about him last week to raise money for awareness for. Remember? Sklikrimer. Yeah, well, memory of my mother in law. There you go, and he's got his web link on oh, there. I'm loving that. James. Shkura an hour. Um, hopefully, hopefully get under 9.45 and qualify for Kona, James. You may have that drafting dilemma out nice. there. Nice. Do it, mate. Do it. You'll get there. Uh, Tina Birkenhoff. Um, have fun. She's got three jobs. Brink- sorry, three. Brinkenhoff. Not oh, Brinkenhoff. Sorry. Uh, 13, 14.30 is a goal time. She's going to have fun. Finish the race and not need to go to the medical tent afterwards. Ah, go there. Get the drip. It you makes life drip. so much easier. <laughs> Meet some new people and start developing new friendships. Keith Rousseau, um, finished my first Ironman, goal time 12 hours. And then I'll finish off with Lindsay Heyman. She just wants to finish. Nice. Good luck to everybody racing this weekend. Uh, drink plenty of fluids when you're out there. Good times. Athlinks.com team. Okay, next up we've got an interview with uh, Hunter Allen. We had him on a show a while ago of the book uh, Training and Racing with a Power Meter, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the Bible at this moment in time for oh, yeah. if you buy if you buy a Power Meter, Get this book and it really, it's great, eh? Get that in your WKO software and uh, and you're away. How much does it cost for your WKO? Oh, it's not, it's not, it's not exorbitant at all. It's oh, like right. it's less than a hundred bucks US. It's, oh, really? Cheap as, bro. Yeah, yeah. Do they have it from Mac? Uh, Surely, I assume so. Surely, now they would. Um, and this is Hunter Allen. He's he's a good guy too. So check it out. Here we go. Put him on right now. Okay, very happy today to have on the show um, Hunter Allen, the author of Racing with a Power Meter. Uh, one of the men behind Training Peaks and the WKO software and 
world-renowned sort of power guru man. So Expert welcome, himself, eh? Welcome along to the show, Hunter. <laughs> hey, welcome, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on again. Hey, um, it must be a good time of the year for, for, for all you cycling enthusiasts and, and number crunchers watching the, the Tour de France. Have you, have you seen any, um, you know, there's a lot of power files sort of floating around on various different websites. Have you seen anything of, of real interest that's been different to other years? You know, it's been really exciting. I've been very, super fortunate to uh, have um, I'm analyzing two files right now from the tour. One of uh, Juan Antonio Fletcher of Team Sky, and the other one from uh, Chris Anker Sorensen of Saxo Bank. And Chris is interesting, especially because this is the third year that I've had his data. So I've, I've now, at the end of the tour, hopefully, I have three complete sets of data, which is really cool to see. Um, so to kind of see how he's progressed over the years and how he's riding this year, um, and then to see Juan Antonio Fletcher, which is, you know, is, you know, I don't know if you've been watching or not, but he had a horrible crash, you know, with the car hitting him and everything. And, uh, he was in the winning breakaway. And, and so up until that point, he was looking really, really good. So that file in particular is really interesting because, he did his very best 20 minutes and just blew everything out of the water getting into the breakaway. Uh, I think he did 400, 467 watts or something, you know, for that time. You know, and I mean, and he's not a big guy. I mean, he's 160 pounds, so, you know, about 70-some kilos or something, but not too big. But So that's really impressive. And then uh, Chris Anker Sorensen, you know, is just this little tiny climber guy on the uh, the Saxo team, and uh, you know he's the last guy on the Saxo team in the mountains for Contador. Yeah. So, so, so if you're watching on TV and you see Contador and one of the Saxo guy, it's always Chris. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes so, to those guys, like um, <clears throat> when they're actually riding in the mountains. Um, for maybe I'm not sure if you've seen the, the the leaders of the tours files very regularly or not, but are they riding to power or are they just riding to feel? Um, are they thinking, right, I'm at the bottom of this climb, I know I can average whatever, 400 mm-hmm. watts or whatever it is for this climb or 350. Um, yeah. Are they sitting there looking at their power meters or are they just basically going on feel and watching what others are doing? Well, I think that they're doing a little bit of each. I mean, they have to race the race. So, you know, you can't just race your power meter. you got to race the race. So if, you know, Condor attacks, you got to go with him. Um, you know, if somebody else attacks, you got to go. So, but at the same time, you know, I know that, that, that Chris is looking at his power meter and, you know, I mean, he really can't look at a heart rate. He wears his heart rate strap every day, but his heart rate is really suppressed, you know, but he's still putting out the same power. So it's like, wow, man, you're, you're putting out the same power you were at the beginning of the tour. And so you just really need to look at that and say, okay, you know, you can hold 370, 380 watts and you can do that for the rest of this climb. So when you see him go to the front and you see him pulling, that's when you're really seeing these guys look at their power meter and especially towards the end um you know i think yesterday well yeah yeah yeah, the day before yesterday saturday um that stage we saw the whole um uh what's the name cervello team come to the front Mm -hmm. and uh and then we saw you know the whole leopard trek team to come to the front and those guys were really looking at their power meters you know and and you know okay we can hold it here for five more minutes and you can see jens void doing it and and you knew he was really going for it so a bit combination of both oh that's good i mean um that was one thing i want to focus on today is sort of the 
the hill climbing for, for athletes, um, for, for Ironman triathletes and, and training and racing. And I, I know last time we spoke and, and um, people who have read your book know about setting up your zones, um, uh, whatever terminology you use, whether you use the Hellman's terminology or your terminology, but basically setting up a five to seven layered zones based off sort of a 20-minute a time trial with a good warm-up and then you know, just sort of filtering your, your power numbers through that. When it comes to um, climbing, some people are able to do, say, a better 20-minute uphill time trial than what they might be able to do on the flat. Should they mm-hmm. have different power zones for the flat versus um, climbing, or do you just have one sort of set of zones that encompasses both? That's a really good question because there a lot of people have two zones, um, and some people don't. So it's a matter of really testing, and and you can kind of I can kind of predict when people will have two zones. If I have an athlete that is um, very thin and has relatively small muscles, so what that usually typically means is they're what we call an ectomorph, and they have uh, more slow twitch muscle fibers. Um, they'll have a higher th- wattage number on the climb. Now on the flats, they won't be able to produce quite as much power just because they're not able to literally get their body weight into the pedals like they can when they're climbing. So uh, for example, um, I worked with a client who was uh, about 130 pounds. So, uh, you know, he wasn't you know, he's only 59 kilos. He was, you know, relative about six foot tall, so fairly tall guy, very skinny. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy could climb at 380 watts. I mean, he was like, wow, this guy could be in the Tour de France. He was that good of a climber. But then you put him in the wind on a flat time trial and he could barely knock down 300 watts. You know, he, he just didn't have the muscular strength to be able to do the same wattage there. So for certainly, he had two different training zones. We certainly did that. Now, if you have a rider on the other side of that, one with more muscular, uh, you know, kind of the mesomorph kind of guy, maybe um, all-arounder, not maybe a pure climber, their, their, their numbers will be closer um, to what they can do on the flats and what they can do on the climbs. Right. And, and in terms of if, if someone did want to um, set up those zones, is it a case of you know, you've got your 20-minute time trial on the flat and you, and you do a 20-minute uphill time trial? Would that, would that be the way to set that up? Yeah, you just have to test. You really do. You, know, you just have to test. Test on the flat, test on the hill. And when it comes to testing on the hill, obviously, you know, different terrains and all the rest of it, are you looking just for kind of an even climb or it doesn't matter? No, you always, when you're testing, you're trying to always um, reduce some of these, uh, you know, effects of the the variability, really, in in the test. So if you can do it on a flat road, if you can do it on a steady climb, the better. You really just don't want to test on a rolling road where, you know, your power is 500 watts and then it's 200 watts and it's 500 watts. You know, that's just not that good of a test, so. Some people would be hard to find 20 minutes of even climbing. That's when they've got to move to Christchurch. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a nice 20-minute climb we can find you. <laughs> well, you know, and that's, that's another good point, right? I mean, there are a lot of people around the world that, like, man, I, I live in a metropolitan area. I don't even have a 20-minute section road without a stoplight, you know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, for those folks, what I'll, if they can find a 10-minute section, then they can do an out and back. 
Um, and I even have one guy, he lives in New York City, and he rides around the, the Central Park in New York City. So he's fortunate that way. But, like, you know, there's people stepping out in front of him with yeah. dogs and, you know. Time trolling. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. So, so in that case, sometimes you might have to even test indoors. And, and so, you know, and that opens up a whole other can of worms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then I guess um, when you do have that, those indoor zones, yes, they're not applicable for outdoors exactly. But then I guess if you start looking at your race state, you can kind of marry the two up and, and just adjust accordingly. Exactly. You know, I've got uh, plenty of people who, especially in the winter, um, are riding indoor trainers and, you know, they're spending tons of time indoors. And so we test when we go indoors. Okay, here's your training zones for indoors. We ride all winter long indoors predominantly. And then when we start to, weather gets better, you start to go outside. Okay, well, now let's test outside. And so then you have that outdoors zone. So as long as you're testing consistently with the same, you know, method, the same kind of uh, trainer, you know, all that stuff, just keeping it as consistent as possible, it'll help. Now, obviously, you know, more and more people are getting power meters and, uh, and are obviously going out and, and riding with them. And some of those people just look at the numbers and go, whoopee, you know, I'm, I'm riding at, at 250 watts and that's cool. And I, can, I think I can time trial at, at whatever, 275 watts. But... One of the main analytical tools that a lot of us use is, um, is your WKO software and um, when we look at that, um, one of the, the indexes you've got on there is the, the variability index, um, so, which, which I find as a coach and, uh, and an athlete really, really useful. So can you explain what the variability index is? Absolutely. So the variability index is just a uh, a measure um the dip really what we do is we just divide normalized power so we got to back up a little bit and talk about normalized power normalized power is an algorithm that uh, dr andy coggin came up with in order to take into account the the high variability of cycling you know because we're on we're off we're sitting on a wheel we're going up a hill but a lot of times, let's say, for example, you go up a, a two-minute hill at 300 watts, and then you have a little downhill for 15 seconds, so you don't pedal at all. Then you go back up another two-minute hill at 400 watts. Well, if you averaged all that together, including the pet time you weren't pedaling, it might be an average of, let's say, 340 watts. Now, that doesn't take, you know, that 15 seconds, you didn't really recover that much in that 15 seconds. So we need to, so that's what normalized power does. It takes into account, you know, what the body truly felt, what we call the metabolic cost. So if you use the normalized power with that, then all of a sudden that average may be 380 watts, and that's what your body truly felt. So we take the normalized power number, which your body truly felt, divide that by the average power number, all right, so in this case, say 375 by 340, and then that kind of gives us a variability index, and, uh, you know, so let's say we'll just do some quick math, 375 divided by 340, 1.10, so that's 1.1 is our variability index, and so basically that's a um, not a highly variable one. Um, a highly variable would be like a 1.3 or 1.25 and above. Um, a more steady effort is going to be closer to one. Um, so for triathlon, why variability index is really important is because of the fact that muting 
or smoothing these bursts of power uh, is a highly desirable thing to do in triathlon. Um, the reason being, we want to kind of smooth our power and we want to keep our pedaling cadence steady. We want to keep the force on our legs relatively steady um, is because every time you, you, you accelerate, every time you push harder on the pedals and do these bursts, you're taking muscle glycogen away from what you're going to need on the run. So that's a big deal. And I, I look at the every time when I, I'm working with an Ironman athlete, half Ironman, even Olympic distance, um, we're looking at the variability X. How close can we keep that to one? So, and that's that confirmation then when we have that really close to one, hey, you smoothed your effort well. You know, you changed gears enough. You kept your cadence steady the whole time. You didn't just try and power over every darn hill there is. And as a consequence or as a result, you're going to run faster. Exactly. So it's just a really good controlling tool, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, obviously on, on a flattish sort of course, this is um, a lot easier to control. Um, but when we go to, a, say, a hillier course, say like... Lanzarote, um, Kona's not too bad, but obviously you've got the wind to deal with there, or somewhere like, say, Placid, Lake Placid coming up this weekend is, is fairly, mm-hmm. fairly hilly. Um, how do athletes sort of, obviously if you, if you ride at your, your aerobic threshold and you're going up a hill, you, you're not really going to be going very fast at all, and, and some people just won't be able to do that, so how do you sort of advise, maybe we're talking sort of middle to middle of the pack athletes to actually take those climbs in terms of um, in terms of their zones and mm-hmm. in terms of anaerobic threshold whether, you know, some athletes will, will, will just, boom, they'll be straight over anaerobic threshold as soon as the hill starts going upwards in terms of their power numbers. So how do you sort of try to get athletes that struggle to keep their power down on climbs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a. I mean, you hit on a really tough one because um, I think that everybody's natural tendency, as soon as they get to a hill, is just to to jam up it and push harder than they have been, and they kind of forget the that whole pacing thing. Um, so I, I think that the first part of it is having a strategy entering the race. So okay, let's say I know what my functional threshold power is. Let's say for example my functional threshold power is 250 watts, and then I know that um, you know I'm a, a, a relatively good age grouper, um, not elite, but also not a beginner, and so I can probably average around 73 or 75 percent of my functional threshold power for the entire event. Okay, so if we take 250 times, let's say 0.75, you know that's about 190 watts. That's kind of the goal. If I can get 190 watts the whole time. So then from that, all right, we've got our goal for the flats and for all the rest of the stuff. Then we say, okay, when we get to the climbs, we have to analyze how long is the climb. In terms of Lake Placid, I mean, gosh, that thing is a pretty long climb. You know, so, you know, over 10 minutes or so, you really need to, to, to just stick back to your pacing goal, all right, of, say, 190 watts in this case. 
And, you know, you're going to be 200, 210, 180, you know, all around that range. But just kind of make sure that 190 is is hitting the screen there fairly consistently um, because it is aerobic. And that climb doesn't come at the end and, oh, now I can just, you know, run. You still got more rotting after that. Um, now, a shorter climb, when we start to look at stuff in the, like, the three to, say, five-minute range, what we call VO2 max, that can be done more at your three threshold power, okay, because um, you're able to push a little harder over them, and then you can recover on the downhills. So there you might want to do 250 watts up those and then recover a little bit on the downhills. Mm -hmm. Of course, the caveat to that is what happens if you climb up and there's no downhill, (laughs) (laughs) right? Well, so when you go up like that and have no downhill, then you kind of have to back it off and come back to your goal pace again. The same thing applies to even shorter hills like uh, Ironman Wisconsin we have here in the U.S. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen a power file from that one, but it is just like nothing but hills. I mean, it's 30 seconds a minute, two minutes, 15 seconds. I mean, it's, it's only – I mean, I don't think there's a flat piece of road in the whole thing. Um, and it makes it really tough. But it also says, okay, you know, you've got these, the ability to kind of go a little harder. So again, you know, one to two minute, 30 seconds, um, you can go closer to 250, like right your FTP, maybe a touch over 270, you know, because you're kind of maybe out of the saddle on some of the steeper ones. Um, but again, you know, it just, it's just, it's a real balance. It really is not easy. And, and are we trying to err on the side of caution? Yeah, I think that's the always kind of the big thing here is err on the side of caution, especially in the shorter ones. So anything less than three minutes, I would err on the side of caution. The three to five minutes, you know, I'm really confident you can ride right your functional threshold power on those. That's no problem. And then the longer ones, you need to kind of just say, okay, you know, here's my goal pace, 190 watts, 200 watts. I'm just going to lock in here and use this thing. This power meter is a governor. And then I can really, you know, get a good pace, get a good rhythm, and I'll be fine. And again, we may have the particular athlete that might have two sets of zones, so they need to factor that in when they're climbing. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, so if, we'd, if, if we've got, you know, particularly, um, say if we maybe focus a bit on the, the newbie athlete who's um, new to cycling and, and struggles to just get up hills, um, and the, but they've got a power meter, what, what sort of advice can you give them in terms of training um, and perhaps improving their, and their, their hill climbing? Are they best to go out there and just smack out, you know, three-minute hard hill reps, or are they best to look at doing uh, longer reps? Any, any particular advice for, for your Ironman athlete that's not you know, perhaps looking at doing bike racing that is purely looking at, at Ironman racing? Sure. So for those, for, uh, you know, a great example of some workouts to do for those folks is, um, one, you know, remember that uh, you're going to be in your triathlon position. So you're going to be in your triathlon position most of the ride. When you get to the climb, you're going to come out of those bars. So you're going to have to either figure out where you're going to put your hands, how you're going to be able to make sure that you get your hands relaxed. And typically, if the climb isn't too tough, you're probably going to do the most of the thing seated, okay? But now you end up recruiting more of your gluteals. So in practice, that's what you need to do is you need to make sure, okay, I'm going to go out to uh, the longest hill that I've got around me. And I'm going to, you know, slide back in my seat a little bit because that's probably where you're going to end up anyway. I'm going to make 
make sure that I'm recruiting my gluteals um, and and just settling into a nice hard rhythm. Um, the intervals that are going to help uh, in terms of intensity are going to be intervals that um, you know are kind of back to that VO2 max range, so three to five minutes. Uh, eight minutes can be out there um, in those three to Eight minutes, let's say, you're going to do between 106 or 107 to 120% of your threshold. So above your threshold. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was last week, I was doing five-minute VO2 max intervals on a hill. And, I mean, they're painful. I've forgotten how painful they are. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I got to do five more of these? I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you, know, you, you know, you just kind of have to take – plenty of rests in between them, you know, so, okay, I'm resting for five, six, seven minutes in between them. I'm going to go again and do it again. Um, and then the other type is going to be more of that threshold interval. So I really, really like, like 10 minute intervals. If you've got a 10 minute hill or a 10 minute flat section row, especially a hill, man, they're just right on the edge. You know, you can just, okay, I can just make it through 10 minutes and you can really push hard um, and you're just above your threshold, maybe at 105% and, and you know, mentally you're done right at the end. Um, so, so I lo- really like that kind of three to five minute for VO2 max and then 10 minute for, for hills. But again, back in the saddle, sit back, really recruit your gluteals. You might even extend your leg a little bit, the he- let the heel drop to kind of grab that hamstring a little bit mm. m- and get that muscular side of it going. So nice. hopefully. One other thing I, I was, was going to ask earlier that I forgot about was um, just gearing for the, for the newbie athlete that's struggling to maybe keep their power down on climbs, you know, in terms of maybe looking at compact cranks or, or uh, just some, some easy gearing as a way of keeping their power down. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. I mean, I think compacts are absolutely wonderful. A lot of people, uh, you know, use them. They use them really well. It makes sure their cadence stays high. Um, and and again, having a power meter is perfect. Even if you don't have a power meter, if you have a cadence meter, you can look at that. You know, one thing that um, I think that having a cadence meter or power meter does is it allows you to say, okay, you know what? When you get to a hill, I need to keep my cadence up. So maybe your typical, what we call self-selected cadence is 88 RPM. And then when you get to a hill, all of a sudden you see the thing drop down to 65. Well, wait a minute. Now you're really pushing hard on those pedals. You need to be in an easier gear. Maybe you can't reach 88 anymore, but maybe you can reach 78 or 80. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the goal. You, you're still going to be lower than what you normally do on the flats, but still you know, not mashing that gear. And and um, so what's happening in Hunter's World? I mean, last year you had uh, training and racing with a power meter come out, which had, which was great for us triathletes. Had the um, the section on specifically on triathlon that was wasn't in the, the first edition from memory. Um, and uh, yeah, what else is happening in your world? Oh man, uh, it's hard to keep up with my world sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I just got back from, a, I had a camp in South Dakota, which uh, if you ever get to visit the States, go to South Dakota. There's a beautiful area to ride there. Um, and so we had a great camp at the Cork factory where Cork makes power meters there. So it was, 
it was really neat to like see you know the whole process at their factory um you know from the cnc machining you know to the the ladies soldering to you know putting them together to the testing of them and dunking them in water and you know i mean it was really really cool uh, so we had a great time there. Um, and then, you know, uh, I, I came out last, well, last winter, my time, December. So uh, perfect time for you guys, uh, uh, Yoga for Cyclists DVD, because uh, oh, nice. one of my passions is, uh, is yoga. I enjoy doing yoga. And I think it's one of those things that triathletes, cyclists are really need more of, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. We, we get kind of crunched in our position on bicycles, so we don't do that so much. Um, and then I'm in uh, final edits right now of, uh, of another book. Um, I'm writing a book with Dr. Stephen Chung. Uh, Dr. Chung writes for Pez Cycling News and then also is a professor at uh, Brock University in Canada. And it's going to be called Cutting Edge Cycling. Uh, and it's kind of this neat blend of what's the latest in science and what is science telling us about training along with the latest in technology of training and then the latest in coaching uh, techniques and theory and stuff. So we're kind of blending those three things together. So I'm looking forward to uh, a December release of that book. So. Oh, and so we go to your website? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The um, peakscoachinggroup.com is uh, my coaching website, and uh, you can pick up a yoga DVD there or a copy of my book. Um, and then uh, you'll have, in December, we'll have the other book up too. And uh, also, I've got a couple more camps this fall. So, uh, October camp, a November camp. So, you know, it's just just having fun. You have to practice the <laughs> sleeping thing sometime, you know? <laughs> What, is, what about um, on the power meter front? I mean, uh, last uh, I remember last year that the look were coming out with um, the one in the, the, pedal. the pedal spindle. Yeah. Um, any advancement on those things and, and, and any other things in terms of uh, what's working well? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's been exciting. I mean, the the Garmin you know co- company bought Metrogear, which was making the one that goes in the speed play. I don't know if you knew that or not, but. They they bought that, and that's a pretty big deal because Garmin is quite a large company, yeah. and so they've got a big checkbook. They can certainly make sure this thing goes, which is is good for all of us. Um, now, I know that it's not been easy for them because the problem with pedals is how do you tell when there is meaningful force on the pedals, right? So when we're pedaling with a crank, the spider itself twists when there's actual force on there, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really twist if let's say you're just standing on the pedals and stretching your calf muscles Mm. but if you put weight on your pedals and you're standing on your pedals and stretching your calf muscles you're still putting force on those pedals Um, and so it's like you know how do you determine whether that force is meaningful force or is it force that's now moving creating force to move the bike forward so I know that's a challenge right now for those guys and they're working hard at that Um, so they said, hey, you know, we're going to be good, you know, in, in September or October, and, and that was their goal. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that they have it. 
The Polar, I haven't heard too much about, to tell you the truth. Um, I haven't seen one of the units myself. I haven't had any athletes buy one, so I don't really know um, how well that's going or, or what. Um, and there's a new company in Germany, uh, Power to Max, and they're doing a very similar thing that uh, the Quark Power Meter Company is doing as well. Um, that now that kind of the patent has run out on the SRM, they can put another power meter in that spider. So they're doing that too. Um, the Ergamo company is coming back. I don't know if you remember Ergamo in, in, in the bottom bracket. They're, they're on the revive. Um, they've been uh, kind of rebirthed. They're working on a wireless one and also one that works with the kind of two-piece cranks. So that could be interesting if they get that out in the marketplace uh, in the next year. It does seem like a lot of money is going into research, which is, is definitely going to be a good thing. So we can get a consistent kind of reading, eh? Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and it, it just, it's really um, interesting too. Um, and I'll just mention it's not a power meter, but it might be a really interesting product for all the triathletes and cyclists out there. There's a company called Zephyr making the bio harness. And Zephyr is owned by a Kiwi, actually. Oh. Um, and a really nice guy, super guy. I met with him. Okay, He's out of. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's uh, he's he's done really well, and and he makes this harness. It's like a souped-up heart rate monitor, and what it does, it can measure your respiration rate, it can measure your skin temperature, it can measure your position in space, so where angle you're in, uh, and then yeah, because you can really tell like when you get out of the saddle what your angle is in space when you're out of the saddle versus in the saddle. How does that impact your respiration rate? How does that impact your heart rate? And then also it has an accelerometer in there as well. So it's kind of neat for running because all of a sudden you've got some accelerometry data in there for running too. Um, so that's a, it's called Zephyr. It's the bio harness. It should be interesting to see. They've, they're doing some stuff with the Under Armour company right now as well. And I think that um, that could be kind of like the next... Um, if they can mate it with the power meter right now, that the problem is they're talking in Bluetooth, yeah. um, and they're not talking Amp Plus. And so, if we could like just bridge that gap, all the <laughs> all of a sudden we could have like you know a really cool power meter that has all this amazing heart rate monitor, respiration rate, skin temperature, and all this data in one controller. Wow. Um, so we keep that on the horizon. Exciting times ahead. So, yeah, if anybody wants to get hold of uh, Hunter, we mentioned his website there. We'll have a link up on uh, on our website as well. But if you're getting a power meter, the training and racing with a power meter book it's is a must. It's basically uh, your sort of first go to point. And then the WKO software, I find, is, is what um, sort of the industry norm. So, get yourself a copy of that as well. And yeah, thanks very much for your time, Hunter, and enjoy the rest of the Tour de France. All right. Uh, well, thank pick, you. Who's your pick to win? I tell you, man. I, <laughs> you know, until the other, until Saturday, I didn't think Volkler had a chance. But yeah. I mean, the guy could win it. I mean, he could really win. It. He keeps saying, oh, "I can't win. I can't win it." But you know, Condor can't drop him. Yeah. The Schlex can't drop him. He's got a, a nearly two minute lead. He's a pretty darn good time trialist. Yeah. Man, it's possible. It really is. It'd be cool. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right, yeah, thanks, thanks for your time, mate. Thanks for your time. All right. Great talking to you guys. I'm glad to help anytime. Sweet. See ya. Bye. Uh, extreme endurance. Ex endurance, John. Now, John, we're a little bit angry at them. 
Yes, Sandy's gone off and done an interview on another podcast. Jeepers, creepers. Check out his interview on Extreme Planet. Endurance Planet. Oh, you better say the right place. <laughs> Extreme Endurance Planet. Yeah. There yeah, you go. I do want to listen to Sandy a bit more. We haven't listened to it, but you can go off to listen to Endurance Planet if you want to hear a few yeah, updates. If you go and listen to their podcast and don't come back to us, yes. we'll be angry. Yes. No, we're not that insecure. Go check out the other world. But what um, most of us like my ears is right free now? stuff. Yeah, the ears are great. I mean, people do that with swim caps. It's just... It's I've got my, I've got my cap on. Actually, I'll take a photo and I'll put it on the website this week. Actually, back it up. Oh, remember Facebook at the end of the show. Okay. Because we're going to talk about that photo because it's sensational. Yeah. Whereas you guys put this... There we go. Oh... Your, your light's really not in a good place for a camera behind you. Yeah, we'll just put your big noggin in front of it. What I'll do is I'll do this like over here. Okay, um, I'll carry on though. But anyway... Um, John, we look like Ebba. Wait, <laughs> you look back the other way. Okay. No wing me, no wing you. Uh-uh, wait a second, I'm taking this photo. God, it's got a bloody countdown. Yeah, so you know you look beautiful. Look at that! For a little season, yeah, but we're back. The photo will be on the website. Be excited, team. Okay. Um, Extreme Endurance. We like free stuff, and Extreme Endurance likes. We do like free stuff. Like John seems to have this amazing ability. That anything he thinks of, he goes, "Can I get free stuff around it?" Yes. Um, you do pretty well. Successful. Percentage-wise, how much would you get? You know, like when you think I can get something free, how often does it actually come through? Oh, pretty, pretty regular. You should see his eyes right now. Depends how what, what the time frame is. If you need it quickly, then sometimes you have to. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, if you want some extreme endurance, um, on their Facebook page, which you can access through oh, good. their their website xendurance.com, that what they've been doing with like the Tour de France is pick the winner for tomorrow's stage. I mean, I think I don't know if they've been doing this every stage, but they've certainly been doing it for the last um, couple of hilltop runs. Pick the stage on their Facebook page, just put a post on there, and um, and they must just do a prize draw, and you can win yourself some extreme endurance. So if you're too much of a cheap ass to go and buy something that's going to potentially help your performance somewhat in terms of uh, reducing your lactic acid and aiding your recovery and reducing your post muscle your, your muscle soreness, your DOMS, um, then go on here and get yourself in a chance for um, for winning some free stuff. And, try and that's the thing, if you, make sure you like them on Facebook because you know you. You know, you probably don't go to the website all the time, but if they're on Facebook and you just go on your wall and you see it's there and you mm. see, oh, there's a deal up or something like this stuff, and you go, oh, I think Contour is going to win today, Sage, and then, you know, suddenly you've got some bottles of free stuff. And that's where some of that social networking stuff really comes in handy, so you can check it out. So mm. go to Extreme Endurance or xendurance.com and then just click on the little like button on Facebook and you can check out those types of things. And then you too can get the electric buffer to help you race and use our code I am talk and you get yourself a 20% discount and you're away laughing no brainer no brainer John no brainer X endurance extreme endurance.com um, X endurance.com extreme endurance okay sponsors are athlinks.com um, um, stats coffees of Hawaii um, 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 grind and extreme endurance um, pick just the one we finish this week. Nice. John, good to one question and answer. Question and answer? Yes. Because we're going to be a little bit long. Uh, just Lee Carmel, Carmel, we sent through. Um, I think uh, it was you that asked the question here, and the answer is possibly to stick the question that was shaken. So you know when you said shake a stick at it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? And he's actually come up. And so he goes, uh, wait, so maybe I should have pre-read this. I think it was you that asked the question there is an answer possibly is the stick in question was shaken in the process of counting great numbers of something perhaps used to be a pointer while doing a head count for a herd of cattle or sheep thus more than you uh, shake a stick at yeah 
would simply mean figuratively you can wave the stick at them and your arms would fall off. So, so basically that's what he's saying, John. Great. Thanks. That was thing. masterful. Yeah, to be honest, it wasn't my best effort. <laughs> okay, so one thing we are doing is we're going to Kona this year, and we're going to Kona because of you, you the listener. You know, like we, you know, John had this silly idea a couple of years ago that we could maybe get to Kona, in, and, and I thought he was a bit ambitious, but, mm. um, but he it proved that you guys did want us to go to Kona, and we do, we really had to deliver some great content over there. And we're doing it again. We're going back this year, and we're pretty excited about what we can deliver in regards to the shows over there. But it only happens because the audience, the community of I Am Talk, wants us to be there doing the work. So these people are the people who have helped. Well, we've had lots of people help us donate to get to Kona, and these people have helped us to get to Kona. And some of them are going to get some nicknames, and that's that's kind of the deal. You give us some money to get to Kona, we'll give you a little great content, and you get your own I Am Talk amazing nickname and also um, endurance travel also help us get over there so yeah, if you are great. looking to go to any races anywhere races that are sold out um, they've generally got sort of package deals you can do you know, not even if it's just sold out John like the thing is if you're someone who just wants to turn up and not have to worry about anything yeah. you know and you want to just you know because when we went to Kona we went racing but geez they make it easy don't they yeah. you know you just get right up and the the airport. everything's done it, there's the stress level of going to a race is diminished a lot more because all you have to worry about it's kind of like doing camps mm. like when you do epic camp all you focus on is training and you know up and that's it. yeah it's, and it's really great because you can just focus on being the athlete and for a lot of people out there especially if you're an individual going by yourself you know it also brings a social aspect to it so if you are thinking about doing a camp or do, turning up to a race and you're unsure or if you just wanted to make it easier on yourself check out Endurance Travel yep. and it's endurancetravel.com uh, I'm pretty sure it is. Yep. And uh, if not, just go to our website, www.iamtalk.me, and I've got a link on there to that. And um, and they've just got some really great packages for pretty much all the Ironman races around the world. And you two can uh, you know get a really good deal, or maybe even do it for Kona. I'm not sure if they have any slots. Endurance left. Sport Travel. Yeah. Dot com. I'm sure they've got spaces left. We were hanging out with us for breakfast. Yes. Yeah. Every morning. There you go. Endurance Sports Travel. Okay. So there we go. So what, what are we talking about, John? Nicknames. Okay. I've, got, I've come up with a few. What Brett. did I come up for that? Oh, yeah. Well, no, that girl, what was the name I was going to call her? I can't remember. Oh, no. We've already used that one. Oh, well. No, you can't. Oh, no, 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 he's a, he, uh, that's, that's just a repeat. No, but we've already got someone else, Nick Rose. No, whatever, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing there. We'll, we'll just say that. Yeah, I'll, I'll sort that out. Okay, you sort that out. Brad, the most Okay, strong. where's that come from? He's, when he's, he's, uh... On his athlete's picture or something like that, he's sort of coming across the line. He's sort of got his arms like that, and they look a bit like Moose's arm. I should say that he's got his arms sort of above his head, celebrating. And he's Canadian, and it makes it look a little bit like moose antlers. Nice. So I was called him. It the was moose. good. I like that. Nice. Yes. How many did you wore those ones? Yes. Well, how many are repeats? Uh, only, only that one. I don't know why. I've, hmm, I'm not quite sure. James Picker, I'm going to have to come back to you. I had the admiral for some reason. Even yeah, Nick Rose is the admiral. I think, I think you're right. Yeah, he is. But I think at one stage we did name two the admiral. Mm. Mm, so okay. maybe we'll call him something something the Admiral okay the Grand Admiral James I'm loving the way you okay. took more of them this week because you knew I was busy yes I did thank you John that's okay thanks mate yeah. James thanks. the Grand Admiral Picker okay the Grand Admiral okay yeah. good change that and send it through to me yeah. okay then you want to do the next one because I've only got four and I've, okay. I've forgotten Mark Finker Finker Fincher Fincher Mark Fincher Mr. Delicious. No, pick it up with that one come from John. He's, he's got on his athletes, and this is why you put good profile pictures on athletes. He's like, on his athletes, he's about to bite into something. Ah. Some food, and he's about to taste and, it. And he looks like he's loving it. Yep, so Mr. Delicious. Nice, okay, you do your next one. Um, Michael 
LA Ranger Egan. Well, what's that? He loves the LA Rangers. He's, he's no. He seems to be in living in LA. Yeah. In his picture, he's sort of running um, uh, with sort of tussicle around him. So looked like a bit of a ranger the ranger okay I'll do my first one my second we have some technical problems here so I'm back in the game John okay I had I had a Alan Edmondson so I've gone Alan one mean son of a gun Edmondson <laughs> you like that nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, you mean son of a gun nice um, why did I come up with this one Fiona Hotlips Elder right yeah. Fiona, I've forgotten how I came up with that. Well, maybe it's she a repeat one. Maybe she is. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure we've done Hot Lips before. Yes. Yep. Okay, yeah. do your next one then. Uh, now, this one it was already was given to me as submitted when he, he did it, because this is his US, he's in the US Air Force, and this is his um, his sort of, what is oh. it, names? Yeah, yeah. yeah your, your tag names. Tag names. Yeah. Um, Craig Hex Mockler. Is that his own nickname, is it? Yes. He's, oh, that made it easy work for you. Tag, I know. So, so you're saying you get to do this work for me, but really, you've had three repeats, one... You, you, gave me the, you gave me the same I, No, I did more than you. And you took credit for it. Uh-huh. Jeff, Jeff Curry. So I've got yeah, Jeff the Explosion <laughs> Curry. Curry. I was thinking something along those lines as well, and then I thought, pass it, I'll give you a second. Um, I don't know if you've used this one or not, the, the names. Boom, boom, Robert Beelan. No, that, could, that works. He's got the, the triple B happening. Yeah. Uh, you could even go, Robert, boom, boom, Beelan. You could do. <laughs> yeah. Robert, you can do with whatever you want with it. <laughs> it's yours. It was, his was a very generous donation. Oh, really? So Love the very generous ones. Very generous. Is that just me from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good, good. So the reason Robert was got the boom boom is his picture on athletes. He's standing there next to a, a keyboard and he's got the headphones on and he looks like he's I a I really wish he'd change his. Okay, I'll, I'm happy to. Do, I'll give my version. You can give your okay. version. Jeff Multiman Smith because he does podcasting. He does coaching. He, he's, he, he does. Uh, he, he does um, the, the Lifestyle Network podcast. Yeah. He does like, the Triathlon podcast. He's got he's got so many podcasts. He's really great. But I almost want to call him the voice. Okay, because Jeff has the best voice. Okay, so, like, we're peasants. Let's yeah, be honest, John. Yes, yes. With the guys from Marathon Talk, they're sharp, they're professional, yeah. they do preparation. Yeah. Jeff, you go to talk to him, he's sharp, he's yes. got the radio voice. Hello. We're peasants, hello, yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah, hello, he's, he's so sharp, eh? And, and we're, we're peasants. We, these are the things we look up to, John. Yes. And Jeff has the best voice in podcasting, I it reckon. Does. Okay, there you go, the voice. The voice, Jeff Smith. Yeah. Yes. Happy with that. You can remember that one. Put that on your little list. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. No, I can't. Okay. Um, Matthew Jones, Kamikaze King. Nice. Yeah. I just thought of an explosion. Kamikaze King, Matthew Jones. I didn't even check these ones this week either. It's all out of my mind. Good, good. Amazing. Have you done? Oh. I've done. Now, I, I thought of one for this one. I can't remember what it was. Oh, you were going to do like Jackie Chan sort of thing? Yeah, like what was it? Um, Kung Fu Spinner. Okay. That will okay. do. Kung Fu Spinner, Jackie McCarthy. Yes. Yes, nice. Kung Fu Spinner. I better write it down. Kung Fu Spinner. spinner. That means she's like a, 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 a... Oh, Black Belt Spinner was what I was going to call her. Right. Yeah. Okay, what do you want? What do you want? What do you reckon's better? Kung Fu Spinner. Okay, Kung, Kung Fu Spinner. Jackie. E.G. Jackie Chan. Okay, so again, guys, if you want to get us to Kona, we really appreciate it. One other thing that donations are going towards right now. Actually, I'm just going to pause for two seconds, John. Give me yes. two seconds. And we're back. And one thing the other donations are going to right now, so it's, it's getting us to go and making sure we deliver great content. But the other thing is, is we're getting you audio gear so that once we get into the new studios, it's going to be pretty amazing. And Greg Hull from Audio Technica has sent us through a big box. And Greg, I'm actually having emailed you because it just arrived yesterday, so I'll email you later on. But it's just arrived, John. It's a huge box. I'm excited. It's not, it's not just like a box. It's like a box like this. It's, you guys can't see that, obviously, but it's a pretty big box. Yeah. And he's sent us through... <coughs> 
like about six different mics, mm. ear sets, like it's got to be our professional. So awesome. So what we're going to buy now is we're going to spend some money on getting a mixer and, and making it really high, high quality sound. So hopefully you guys will notice that over the next probably three or four weeks because I've got to go away this week. But once two or three weeks from now, we'll get in and sit down and do it. So Greg Hall, you are a legend in Audio nice Technica, guys. If you're ever thinking of doing any audio work, check out the website Audio Technica because it is mm. amazing. Mm. Okay, John. It's pretty it's, it's, a, so. it's a really big show. Um, so we had the round two of the JD duathlons on Sunday. Yep. Handicap race. Nice. Oh, so how did you handicap? Because last year you said your handicap was poor. Wow, my handicapping was a little poor again because uh. it's, it's okay. Because don't you base it on the other two results? You do, but then you have people entering who yeah. haven't done the first race or haven't done say, a you race come back before. Next year. Uh, I should do. <laughs> no, yeah, um, but yeah, like a lot of it basically seven or so of the top ten were people that hadn't done the first race. Uh, so, you know, the people who done the first race, it was all even fair. You know, yeah. if you had a good race, you were going to finish higher, and, and there was a big spread of people finishing all over the place. But, yeah, um, a number of the people were there. I, I, the people give me their handicap. I, I say, right, go, give us an estimate, and then I generally take one or two minutes off. But nice. it was not significant enough. Yeah. Next year, I'm taking five minutes off anybody who hasn't done the entry. Before. Really? It's got to be harsh. It's amazing if people but, are willing to cheat in a handicap. You're not willing to cheat. No, because no, no, because there is. Because I do my running group sometimes, and well, every week I do my running group, but we sometimes do handicap races, mm. and you'll get people who go, oh, no, I'm not as fast as that person, and they know they are. Yeah. And they just want that little bit sneaky, you know, little extra 10 seconds. Yeah, so Back it up, I don't allow it. Sensational weather. Um, it's been a great winter here, eh? Right? Uh, it was a very nice I reckon this afternoon. is probably the best winter of all time. It was one of the best. Yeah. Yes, certainly up there. Other than that, Bevan, uh, just... Taking along with a little bit of training and you winning that battle. That's it. Uh, I'm, I'm breaking even this week. I've got to get a couple of long rides in before Epic Camp. That sounds a bit funny, doesn't it? I've got to get a couple of rides before Epic Camp. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a worry, John. <laughs> so, When's Epic Camp? When are you uh, off? In a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's coming. I'm away next this week, but maybe next week I'll do a long ride with you. Okay. What day? Paul Levy saddle Sunday morning. I teach. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Could be tricky. No, I will. Good luck with that. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Other than that, my mate Jeff might be keen. Although you're probably too I, strong I'll, for him. I'll just go. No, I won't be. I'm. I'm I've just got to go when I can go. Uh, okay. Um, but other than that, not a lot happening in the world. School holidays, so it's always a bit of a uh, interesting battle time on the the Newsome household. Bevan, did he hear a bit of growling from Belinda earlier yep. on? You yep. may have heard that in the interview. Yes. She did put out the Thomas. Yes. yes. That's, that's just that's a light, very light. Yeah, growl. I didn't want to annoy their ears. Um, <laughs> well, your world. my life has changed, John. Yes. It changed a lot in a very yes. short period of time. We've moved house, and uh, and it's been good, actually, because Joe and I are both kind of just get in, head down, bum up kind of people, and so mm-hmm. we got in, and the house is pretty much unpacked and livable by Saturday night, mm-hmm. and Sunday we just wrapped up a couple of other things, so it's pretty much done. We And we're quite lucky we don't actually have to buy much stuff. Like, we thought that we'd have to buy a few things, but... Really, it's, it's kind of done. It's, to be honest, it's um, it's a bit of a step up on house for me. Bit of a step, <laughs> yeah. I haven't been here, but it's a bit of a step up yeah. in the pictures. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, like I've always lived in nice houses, but nothing like what I consider flash, and this is definitely pretty, it's pretty awesome. Like, the views, are, mm. I've never lived with a view in my whole entire life, and so you were brought up with one, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, and so, um, and, and I find myself just always glazing out the windows like it's you're just it's pretty pretty cool and you've got the whole day and so you wake up in the morning you can see what's happening in the city and then as the lights come on so um so that's really cool it's also just ultimately the, the great thing about it is that joe and i are living together now and it's proving to be very cool got a double shower john double shower just saying just, just saying <laughs> loving the double shower um and then um so that was very cool um 
Yeah, I only, hope Joe doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> I see, only when I only when I took good stuff, I let her listen yeah. to it. Yeah, uh, that was very good. Um, what else I gonna say? Um, no, uh, the only downfall of my house is so we're up a hill, we're, and we're probably ha- probably. It's a basically if you hammer it, it's like a five minute climb. If the for an average person, it'll probably be closer to ten. Yeah, ten minute climb and steep climb too. There's yeah, no yeah. easy, there's no right. easy route, and uh, that's the only downfall. My, 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 I've been for a few runs, and I pretty much go from my house up to like to the Kiwi yep. and back, and, and stuff like that. But you're either going up or down either way. Mm. So going down's not so bad, but going up is pretty painful. So mm. um, other than that, that's pretty much my life, John. I'm uh, just settling in, and uh, yeah, looking forward to getting a new studio set up. Got my own office now. Nice an office that's kind of cool nice. and uh and yeah it's not your office together office I assume or no no it's pretty much no, no, no. Okay. I, yeah, I do not enter here. do yeah. not enter yeah. on the door no girls in the room yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty small it's probably about it's only about this size so she's pretty small get, but... get a good podcast <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and then I'm off to Auckland tomorrow for a week and then uh yeah look oh, my training's going okay yes I'm just I'm just trying to run every day at the moment well, just all you need to focus on is if you don't win the race, you're a failure. Life is a, <laughs> life is a failure. Give up. End it now. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so yes, yeah, so, um, you know, it's been good doing the show. Good. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's uh, this week's show. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha.